Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. I'm going to read this real quick. This is a letter that was written a while back. And, and just, just listen to it for a second. It says, as I turned and was about to take a seat by the fire, I received the mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost without any expectation of it without ever having the thought in my mind that there was any such thing for me, without any recollection that I had heard the thing mentioned by any person in the world. The Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves, and waves of liquid love. For I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. I can recollect distinctly that it was one, or that it seemed to fan me like immense wings. Isn't that powerful? How many believe that that power is still available for us today? We've been talking for the last few um, the last few weeks. about God's presence, and we're going to be really focusing on that over the next few weeks. And I would say that in my heart, I believe that the next uh, few sermons or messages that are going to be brought here in the next few weeks will probably be the most important ones that have ever been shared here in this church. Uh, the letter that I just read is a uh, is a man named Charles Finney, and uh, in the early 1800s, he was seeking the Lord. He was a lawyer. He was going to church, but church back then wasn't. Wasn't about God. It was more of a status. It was a social thing. He was the choir director, and he had no intent on, on, on doing anything for God or any 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 like self. Uh, um, he didn't have any goals for God. He just went to church because that's what folks did. But he was a lawyer, and he was studying law. And as he studied law, the story goes that he they used the Bible to study law. And as he began to study the Bible, not to seek God, but he began to study the Bible. Because he wanted to, he wanted to, you know, grow in his profession as a lawyer, and sometimes, some, at some point, become a judge. He began to discover God through His Word. As he began to discover God through the Word of God, he began to pray. He began to pray, and in this seeking of God, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and that's what I read. The letter continues. I didn't read the whole letter, but the same man in 1821 was in a little town, and he went. To preach the gospel. And, the, and he went in 1821 and he preached the gospel. And the story goes that only about 20 people came. And a few people experienced God there. But the next day, because Charles Finney was filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. The next day, in a very small elementary school. Actually, I don't know the size of the school. But this, in an elementary school, there was a teacher teaching a class. During the class, a, a young girl just got up and began to weep. And crying, she said, I fear for my soul. As the teacher approached the young lady and said, what is going on? Are you okay? Another student stood up and began to weep and say, I fear for my soul. Another student began to cry and say, I fear for my soul. And the teacher said, what's going on? So she went out to the hallway to go get the principal to say that there's something happening in this classroom. As she went out to the hallway, all the other teachers were coming out to say there's something happening in my classroom. They went to the principal and said, all the students are crying. They're repenting. 
They're repenting before God. What is going on? And the principal had heard about Charles Finney. He said, go bring Charles Finney here. They went and they brought Charles Finney. Charles Finney got to the school and the principal said, there's no more school today. You're just going to preach the, to, the, to the young people. He began to preach the word of God to them. The whole school repented and gave their lives to Jesus. Yes, Lord. Word got out about what God was, what God was doing. And, and, a, and, a, and a businessman in a factory, he said, I need you to come. It's me. He calls Charles Finney. Charles Finney goes to meet the businessman. As he's walking in the factory, a lady, him and the lady meet eyes. Their eyes meet and she begins to laugh at Charles Finney. She begins to mock him. As his eyes look at her, she begins to pray for her. As he prays for her, she begins to weep and she falls to her feet in repentance. All of a sudden, 3,000 people in the factory begin to weep, repenting before God. Charles Finney never said a word. It was the presence of the God. And so as, as, I, as I read this, as I, as I long for it, I say, that's what the city of Philadelphia needs, right? Isn't that what our schools need? And what would take us forever and millions and trillions of dollars and a mess that his presence could fix it in an instant. How many believe that? Amen. And I believe that's what God wants to do. I believe God wants to abide in this place. And I believe that God is calling us to go after him. I believe that God is calling us to pursue him. He's not looking for big names. He's not looking for flashy things. He's just looking for a people who would humble themselves, right, and begin to seek him in spirit and in truth, and he'll do the rest. I'm believing for that. I'm believing that the word says, and I believe that the same Jesus, the same Holy Spirit that did that in 1821 is willing to do that here 200 years later. I'm believing for that, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5. It says this. It says, Abide in me. This is Jesus talking. And I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, Jesus said. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Yes, Lord. You just leave that up there for a second. Powerful, powerful. Abide, abide in, in, in him. And Jesus is saying, abide in me. So abide, what does it mean? It means to remain stable or fixed. To live, continue, or remain in place. And I believe that a few weeks ago, the Holy Spirit told me he wanted to remain here, that he wanted to abide here. I, I believe I heard the Holy Spirit say, I will come and go as I have been going, but I really want to just abide in this place. Yes, Lord. I really feel like he, he's telling me in my heart, I believe he's sharing that with many of you as well. He wants to remain in this place. When a person gives their life to Jesus, we used to say they were saved, and we still say that. But what it means is they were rescued. They were rescued. And, and, and Paul describes it, and so does Jesus, as being in Christ. Yes, being in Christ. Not, not next to him, not, not behind him, not around him, but in Christ. 
It's a very intimate uh, word. That word is in Christ. How, how many want to be in Christ? I want to be in Christ. Hallelujah. It says, abiding is not a special level of the Christian experience, but it's available to all. It's a position that God has for all of us. It's not just for a few. It's for you. It's for you. And, and as we've been talking the last few months, weeks, is, is about those things that get in the way, those strongholds that lie to us, that tell us that we are not able, that tell us that this is not real, those strongholds that tell us that you are not worthy, those, strong, those strongholds that hold us back from abiding in Him. Yes. Why do we need to abide in Him? It's because there's a special relationship between the vine and the branches. See, without the, the vine, the branch does not get nourishment. It doesn't get the fuel it needs. It doesn't get the provision that it needs. It doesn't get the strength that it needs. Its ability comes from the vine. Its ability to give true fruit depends on if, if it is attached to the vine, that it is in the vine. And it's saying here in the verse, it says, it says that he wants us to bear much fruit, not just a little bit of fruit. How many want to give a lot of fruit? A lot of fruit. See, because the vine exists without the branch. But the branch cannot exist without the vine. The branch will die without the vine. And I would ask you today, who are you connected to? Because you're connected to to, a, to something. We're all connected to something. Sometimes we're connected to lies, so we can't get fruit. Sometimes we're connected to some dead things, so we can't get fruit. We can lie to ourselves and lie to some other folk and, and pretend we're giving fruit, but our hearts are dry. Our hearts are dim. Our hearts are far from Him unless we abide in Him. Are we able to give the fruit that he calls you to? Because he wants you, more than anything, he wants you to bear fruit. He wants you to be what? A channel of blessing. Because see, the branch does not feed itself. The branch is fed from the vine, and the purpose of the branch is to feed others. Right? And that's your purpose. Your purpose is to feed other folks. But we're so busy, so malnutrition that we can't, we're trying to feed ourselves so that there's no way we can feed somebody else. Because we're broken, because we're hurting, because we're living lives, even inside the church. Hallelujah. But that's going to change, right? That's going to change. We're going to begin to learn how to abide in the vine so that we can bear fruit, so that we can live out the purpose that God has for you and for me. Right? Because see, there's a unique fruit that God has for you to bear. Something very unique. The, the fruit that you bear doesn't look like the fruit I bear. It's different. It's different. And God does not want you to leave this world without bearing some of that fruit. And not just a little bit, but a lot of it. And the devil may be telling you that it's too late. The devil may be saying that, no, you messed up to it. But I'm here to tell you that he is a liar. And that there is much fruit for you to bear. And there's many of you in this place who know it without a shadow of a doubt. You know that you can call to bear some fruit and some marvelous fruit. And it's been too long that that fruit is dying to be birthed out of you. Hallelujah. When we abide in Him, He remains. 
I don't know about you, but I want him to remain. When he remains in a place, there's change, there's peace, there's love, there's transformation, there's provision, there's boldness, there's courage, there's healing, there's freedom, there's repentance, and there's power. Don't know about you, but I need him to remain. My spirit longs for him to remain in my heart, my thoughts, my life, my church, my children, my community, my schools, my workplace, my world. Exodus 33, verse 15 through 16. Moses talking to God says this. If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me? And with your people, unless you go with us, what will distinguish me from your people and your people from the other people on the face of the earth? It's what distinguishes you and I from everybody else. His presence. It's His presence. It's His presence. It is His presence. Hallelujah. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how do we abide. How do we abide? How, do, how does he uh, remain in us and us in him? And four elements, and there's more, but we're going to talk about four. Surrender, humility, obedience, and faith. Four key elements. The first one today, we're just going to focus a little bit on surrender. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says this. Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, so this is Paul. He's serious. By the mercies of God to present yourselves, your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. We have to become a living sacrifice. We Something's got to change in our mentality. Something's got to change in our train of thought. Something has to change, and we have to understand that God is calling us for more. So whether you've been here for five years or two years or six months or it's your first day, I'm telling you that God is calling you for more. God, in fact, he is demanding it from you because he wants to flow through you. What is sacrifice? What is it? It's the surrender or death of something for the sake of something else. In other words, if we're going to allow God to do this, something has to die inside of you. Something's got to die. Some of you know what that thing is, and some of you don't know what it is. I believe that a lot of it is some lies that we've been living with for too long. I believe it's some lies, and I've said this over and over, but I believe that there's still lies in our hearts that have become truth. And they're not. There's lies in us. Hallelujah. They have to die and become a sacrifice so that God's glory can begin to move. So that he can abide in this place. So he can abide in your house. So he can abide in your world. Because more than anything, that is what he wants to do in your life. Something has to die. And I would just urge you and challenge you, even as this message, that you would tell God, what is it in my life that needs to die? What is that thing that still needs to die? See, surrender requires sacrifice. See, we can go to heaven. You, you can give your life to Jesus, and, and I won't say you're not going to heaven, but if you want to experience, hallelujah, and bear much fruit, something has to die in the name of Jesus. 
I'm not here to threaten you. I'm here to encourage you. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to lift you up. I'm not here to call you shame or, or think you're guilty. I'm here to tell you that there's a king and his name is Jesus and he called you for more. got a place on the altar. Say, God, here it is. I thought I was good. I thought everything was good. Everything seemed good. But my heart is empty. I thought everything looked good on the outside. People come up to me, I'm in victory. I'm in victory, but inside you haven't surrendered yet. There's no victory without no surrender. Hallelujah. See, there's some things in your life that you think are impossible to give up. They seem impossible. There's some relationships. There's some addictions. There's some lies. There's some twisted thinking, some junk. There's some attitudes in us that we think we can't even give up. We think there's no hope for us. And also, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Hallelujah. See, see because when we begin to abide in him, all of a sudden, turning the other cheek becomes a possibility. Not taking that drink that's calling you becomes your reality. Not lusting with your eyes but becomes your new way of living. The hate, the anger, the bitterness, the fear that we carry begins to disappear and dissipate. When we begin to abide in him. But that requires surrender. How many in the house have some things they still got to surrender? I do. I, there's still things in my heart. There's still things. There's still fears in me that don't want to surrender. But together we're going to begin to see, right? We're going to begin to surrender before God. We're going to begin to abide in Him. We're going to, and He is going to begin to abide in us in the name of Jesus. What, is, what does that surrender look like? It, it looks like being honest with Him. It is being able to say, I'm still a mess, Father. I'm still a mess in that area and in this area. I still hurt God. I still have pain. I still struggle with the same thing. I want to stop and I can't. I can't get that thing out of my mind. I'm still afraid and I still don't understand. That is surrender. That's the beginning of it. It's just being honest with him. Yes. Coming to terms with yourself. Yes. And the almighty, hallelujah. It's about being transparent before him. See, because he's able to move more as we share more with more of our junk that he begins to move. As you begin to share those things that you hold on so tightly, it gives room for him. As we let those things go, there's more room for the Holy Spirit to abide in us. He's able to wash us spiritually when we fess up to the truth of who we are. Does this hurt? It has to hurt because God's trying to take you somewhere higher and farther. It has to hurt because that's why nobody wants to do it. It has to hurt because where God is going to take you is a holy place. A holy place that none of us deserve to go to, but he's calling us to go there in the name of Jesus. Surrender is not a place of weakness. It's a place of strength. 
It takes warriors to surrender. It takes true men who are men, women who are women, to stand up and say, I surrender. This is not for sissies or wimps or people who just want to keep going around the same bush over and over and over. This is for men and women who are ready to say, I'm down with it. I'm the, if it takes a bullet, I'll take the bit. and sister. Tell me this because I feel it. Calling me to surrender even more. And I say, God, what else do you want from me? I want it all, he says. I am your provision, he says. I am your source. All those things that you're worried about, all those things that you think are so good, they'll never compare to what I have for you. What are you holding on to today, church? Garbage, junk, is keeping you from bearing true fruit. Hallelujah. Surrender opens the door for the Holy Spirit to come and do what only He can do. Surrender gives His presence permission for you to remain. We got to begin to say, Lord, I need you to remain. I want to abide in you. I need you to abide in me. That where I go, you go. That where you go, I go. We need to surrender our doubt. We need to learn how to trust him. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says, Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and what he shall direct your path. I'm going to want to go a little bit deeper right now. A little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. I'm not here to hurt anybody. He is not here to hurt nobody. In fact, he's challenging us. Because I felt the Holy Spirit say this to me this morning. He said, they took me out of the schools. They're trying to take me out of government. He says, and now they're taking me out of my own church. Taking me out of my own church. And I felt, I felt them say, are you going to let that happen? I said, no, Father, we're not going to let that happen. This is your church. You will always be the senior pastor of City Beach Family Church. So who wants to go a little bit deeper right now? See, there's areas in our lives that we have not surrendered to God. This is what we've done. And, and I heard, uh, I forget, Chris White, I forget his name, the guy with the dreads. He said that this week, and I, I was watching, I was like, wow. He said, this is the problem. We've incorporated him in some areas, but we haven't surrendered those areas to him. We incorporate him, say, okay, this is your room in this area of my life, which is why he cannot abide. He only abides in places of surrender. Here we go. So I've surrendered the first five minutes of my day to him. I speak to him and I read his word first. And there's fruit growing in that area. 
but I, I've only incorporated him in my finances because I still don't trust him enough for me to tithe. Because I still don't know if he's going to come through in that area. So we've incorporated him, but we haven't surrendered to him. See, I, I surrender my addiction to pornography to him, and guess what? I'm seeing growth in that area. I'm getting better. I, God is cleansing my mind. I'm understanding. I'm, I'm getting better, but I've only incorporated him in, in my life as a father and a husband. Because I know how to run my house. I know how to run my marriage and raise my kids. So having surrendered to him in that area, I just incorporated him there. And we just, when we just incorporate him, we just see little fruit. But when we surrender to him, we bear much fruit. How many want to bear much fruit in this house? How many know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us today? How many know that the Holy Spirit wants to abide in your heart? Hallelujah. Like never before. He wants to abide in every area. Can we just surrender those areas to him today in the name of Jesus? room to operate. It increases your faith and your trust. It gives the permission to the Holy Spirit to abide in you and you in Him. Job chapter 11 verses 13 through 15. Surrender your heart to God. Turn to Him in prayer and give up your sins even those you do in secret, then you won't be ashamed. Turn to this and you'll be confident. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that God has called you to be confident. Yes, Lord. Despite our mess, in spite of our sin, that we would, what, surrender, that we would turn to him in prayer, that we would no longer be ashamed, but he would take that shame and transform it into confidence. And if ends there with one of the most powerful things that we all desire, to be fearless. Church, can we stand to our feet? You just close our eyes just for a moment. Meditate on what the Lord is speaking to your heart. What is the Holy Spirit trying to do in your heart? What are those areas in your life that need to be surrendered to Him?
Many times we just move too quickly. We're moving so quickly. And for him to, we're moving from left to right and we're trying to figure everything out and do everything and he says, just be still. You can't abide on something that's moving like crazy. He needs us to be still. He needs us to stop and trust. But we dodge and we move and we dart that in that direction and we dart in the other direction. And we don't give him time to minister to us, to allow him to speak to our hearts. And when we're moving like that, we're not allowed, I'm not able to surrender to him. Some of us need to surrender sin, lies, our logic. I feel the Holy Spirit saying today, church, I will meet every one of your needs if you allow me to abide in you and you in me. All those things that seem impossible, all those things that you've been caring for all your life, you'll figure those out. In fact, they're already figured out. We just have to abide in him, begin to listen. Not be so quick to speak. So church, at this time, if you're ready to surrender, I'm going to ask you to come forward. I'm going to ask you to come forward today. And, and prayer team, I don't want you to pray for anybody yet. I just want people to come and just surrender to God and then we'll, we'll pray for them later. But if you just come forward we're just going to surrender. We're going to pray together here for a moment. And we'll pray for you. God has called you for much more. There is so much more for you. Even the fact that you're able to take a step forward, that's a sign of surrender. Because it's not easy. He's faithful. He's As you make your way forward, if you just look at me, if you came up, just look at me for a second. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. He is good. He's good and he is faithful. And there is more for your life. There is more for you. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, your favor, Lord, over every person who stepped forward, Lord. God, those chains we've been carrying for way too long, God, we're going to leave them here at the altar, Lord, today. Those lies, Lord, that haunt us, for too long, God. We're going to leave them here at the altar, God. We're going to get transparent with you. We're going to be a little bit vulnerable in your presence. We're going to put our trust in our creator. The one who created you for greater. The one who created you to bear much fruit. He's here. He loves you. He's all about you. You are not forgotten. He'll never forsake you nor leave you. He is true. He is faithful. It's time to stop incorporating him. And it's time to surrender. So God, as we surrender, Lord, I pray, God. I surrender all. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to ask you to just speak to the Lord right now. Just surrender some stuff to him right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We 
listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.